Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. It feels good to uh, speak back into the void. We love a good void. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've been getting our podcast itch. Nice to be in orbit. Oh yes, it is. Me <laughs> <laughs> playing around with stupid little sound effects, but yeah. that's how it goes. I will not degrade the podcast. Don't do that to us. <laughs> See how far that we goes. We just got started. I got some uh, cow horns and oh, things no. ready for this one. A lot of cowbell. Welcome to Nerdscape. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Jablar. And I'm your host, Cammy. Yes. And this is season two, episode 11. And the comic book we are talking about today is We Live. It is from Aftershock Comics, and it just dropped October 2020. Crazy, right? And this comic book, people, is we loved it so much that we have only read issues one and two and we had to put it on an episode immediately yeah. it's it's so good supposedly episode or issue three sh- shipped out december 17th or something and it still hasn't hit the comic book store and i'm kind of mad about that yeah, he is. <laughs> he's really upset but this is a comic book you can jump on uh right now and you know catch up the story and i'm telling you it's doing so well that i had the first issue i have is the second printing the third printing was uh, in stores at the comic book store, but that's sold out now. Oh, okay. So it's catching on. Yeah. We live from Aftershock Comics, and it is by the Miranda Brothers. And the Miranda Brothers are Inaki Miranda and Roy Miranda. Uh, but just to jump in, uh, it's kind of cool. Aftershock is a new uh, comic book publisher. They've been around since 2015. But this is the first Aftershock comic book I have read. And I had dove into a little bit about what they are as well. Um, So Aftershock Comics, they are shattering expectations. Um, They are known as a hybrid comic book company. And so they have some series that I've uh, came across as a walk through hell. There's one called Alters, which is a it's a first transgender superhero. And the transgender is fighting a fascist group called Man Matters. (laughs) Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to jump on that one. Uh, there's animosity, which I actually started. It's when the animals start talking, they start thinking, and they start getting revenge. Oof, oof. So the animals in the world get conscious, and basically some of them start killing humans. Some of them don't want to, and they just want to live with us. Mm. They have titles like Baby Teeth, Cold War, God Killer, and Knock Em Dead, which is actually a comic book about a comedian and how he bombs so bad that, like, basically the crowd blows up and just goes like, "Yo, suck! <laughs> <laughs> so I, doing open mic comedy, I can relate to that one quite a bit. But yes, they are a hybrid comic book company combining the creative edge of an indie comic book publisher with the strength and experience and tradition of, of a powerhouse company as well. And so, yeah, they've been around for, you know, going on six years now, okay. and there are some cool titles out there from Aftershock Comics. With Aftershock published work, is creator owned, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, so keep it up. Also, if you go to their website for Aftershock, they have a very cool interactive website that you can just click on one of the comic book covers and it gives you like an interactive like synopsis and everything, which I'd liked a lot. That's pretty cool. Aftershock Comics, check them out. We're going to jump right into the creators of Yay. this comic book, We Live. Um, so this comic book is created by two brothers, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, the Miranda Brothers, they're uh, co-creators. They are Argentina-born. Inaki Miranda is the co-writer, and he's also the artist. Yep. 
on IG, you can find him at at Joy Art. So J-O-I-I-A-R-T. Um, and he's also on Twitter at Naki Miranda. Um, he's the founder of Joy Art. Um, he's also a distiller of magical potions. I'm I curious as to what assume that is. it's some kind of liquor, or maybe he's a, a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> but he's worked on DC titles mostly. He's worked on Coffin Hill, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Batman Beyond, Ragman, which the, the cover looked pretty cool to that. Never oh, heard yeah, of the superhero right. Ragman. <laughs> uh, in 2020, he had the inauguration. He inaugurated his first Joy Contemporary Art Show in Madrid. That's so cool. Um, it was titled Super Dragon Genesis, which I assume is really cool. His art yeah, is awesome. It really is. But yes, Miranda brother, Inaki, it's your art's amazing. Um, and then our co-writer, his brother Roy. Twitter, he goes by Roy Flacco. Mm-hmm. IG, he also is Roy Le, Roy Le Flacco. Uh-huh. And Roy Miranda, a.k.a. Roy Mercurio. Yeah. Roy Mercury, baby. <laughs> um, he's a fabricante ideas. Um, he... He's a part of the music industry and stage. Um, he's a hip-hop singer mm-hmm. and bands such as Le Flaco, Roy Mercurio, and La Zarda. He is the creative director of all those. And I listen to some Roy Mercurio. Yeah. It, it's, it's down. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's in Spanish, but still, I was like, okay, Roy, yeah. I see you. It's good stuff. So check check him out on Spotify at Roy Mercurio. Yeah, do it. He gets down. Uh, but yes, these two brothers growing up together, they... Uh, they watched the same films. They played the same video games. They read the same comics. Um, they had to share everything as being siblings. And this led to them creating this story together. And their synopsis in the comic book, it says it feels like they're back in their messy little room, like being siblings again. Jumping to the colorist, Eva de la Cruz. So Eva de la Cruz, you can find her at IG at EvaDLCruz.colorist. Yes. She has a fine arts degree. She worked on 2000 AD Judge Dredd. She does collaborations with DC, Vertigo, IDW, Dark Horse, and Scholastic. Uh, Eva was voted as one of the Comic-Con's seven best colorists of 2018. Oh. Good job, Eva. That's cool. The colors, it, the art and the colors, oh, they, it, they pop. Yeah, they're magic in this. And lastly, we have um, our letterer, David Sharp. Uh, this guy is OG. So on Twitter, he is on David L. Sharp. On IG, he is Dave Sharp Metal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the 1990s, he graduated from Joe Kubert School of Arts, and immediately he went to work for Marvel as an in-house letterer. Um, he letters hundreds of Marvel titles, such as Spider-Girl, Exile, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and The Defenders. Uh, he helped run the lettering department at Marvel. Um, in 2009, he started lettering for DC. I wonder how that works. He's yeah. just like, peace, Marvel. Bye. <laughs> he now works on both EXO, Man of War, and Faith from Valiant Comics. Um, Dave is a metalhead. He plays bass in a metal band and is way more approachable than he looks. <laughs> he, he looks like a metalhead. He got the beard, the yeah. long hair, you know, got the tattoos. With, hey, I'll be like, what's up, dude? Can I have a beer? Yeah. Right. And lastly, we have our editor. Editors are very important. Yes, they are. We have Mike Martz. And so he is at Mike Martz on Twitter. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief and co-owner at Aftershock Comics. He is a professional comic book editor. Um, he's been the executive editor at Marvel. So in 1994, he went to work for them. And he also worked for DC in 2006. Okay. So 
Aftershock has a good backbone of people with huge experiences who kind of, you know, jumped yeah. off the ship and were like, I want to go work on something different, different, yeah. something that's coming up in small, which, you know, we I think we can all can relate sometimes. It's like, I want to get off doing right. this right now and go do that. Yeah. But lastly, from the creator side of it, this comic book has a musical score. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, this comic book does have a musical score. Every issue of the comic book has a QR code on the issue. Like it, usually it's on one of the panels like down below and it'll take you to a YouTube page. And this music is composed by El Hombre Vinto and Mario Gonzo Lorenta. The music gives the comic book a serious, calm survival vibe. Yes. Like when I first read it, I'm like, cool, like this is a sci-fi comic book, you know, dystopian world. And this one, like, it's like really acoustic strumming and like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like good little like Spanish lyrics that go over it. And it gave it more of a serious feel. Yes. Like, it, like the soothing music that kind of floats you through the panels and calms the scenes. Um, it makes for more of an emotional emotional reaction for sure. Yes, no, absolutely agreed. Like how, that's how, how I did felt. you feel about it? Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, am I going to cry at yeah. some point? It's just, it's beautiful music and it just kind of really starts to set the, set the mood. It's so cool. Yeah, because when I first read it, I was just like kind of winging through it how I do most comics. And then the music kind of just like made me stop and like stare at the panel yeah. and just like... I kind of got lost in the wavelengths of the music, yes. which is really beautiful. So, yes, yeah, so when you get these comic books, um, I mean, the future, whenever they hit issue five and a, a trade comes out, I'm sure they'll still have the QR codes oh, on yeah. there. But really cool feature of a comic book to have that. Agreed. Uh, but yes, those are our creators. You know, I love the creative own aspect of this small comic book publishing, mm -hmm. Aftershock Comics. You're one of my favorite now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, we're definitely going to do some more Aftershock Comics on yep. this podcast. So I'm so excited. But take it away. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and get straight into the setting of We Live. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cool. I hope everyone else is because we're in it for the win. So we are set in a dystopian post-apocalyptic year of 2084. So how close is that currently from <laughs> 2021? Pretty close. Uh, I guess. But so basically, um, the world has basically gone through some significant changes <laughs> physically. Definitely a lot of hurricanes, tsunamis, earthquakes, you name it. Yeah. It was the, I think it started in 2050? Yes. Or no, it was after 2050. Well, the 2050, the humans endured the hostile mutation, which resulted in colossal hurricanes, biblical floods, electromagnetic storms, and earthquakes that have completely reshaped the face of the earth. Yeah, so nothing looks like anything anymore. The the continents look like a husk. Yeah. Of what it used to be. Just just God, just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, you know, and when I looked at this, I was like, oh, this is Mother Nature's way of saying enough is enough. Um, yeah. and her also saying Y'all don't have to leave, but y'all sure as hell got to get out of here. Because <laughs> <laughs> also with the 2050 to 2084, what that's like a five, six, seven, eight, like a 30 something, like 30 plus year uh, timeline. Yeah. So the animals or the wild beasts and the natures have adapted to these new extreme. So there's new extreme species that have also helped to eliminate the human race. Right. Yes. Yeah. So like evolution was like, we got you. Because the animals will adapt to this environment, oh, yeah. and we're kind of hit. We're kind of. I think human beings are kind of. 
with our technology have stopped our own evolving. Oh yeah, hell yeah, because we just, we don't know anything outside of technology. We, we don't know how to adapt and evolve, period. And then in this crisis, human beings can't help but fight themselves. <laughs> of course, you know. What's, so, what's a human without fighting themselves? <laughs> so in the span of 2050 to 2083, there's a war called the Rumble War, and you get a small indication that it was a robot mech suit war that resulted in the loss of 90% of our species. Yep. How fun is that? <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like we're going through hell with nature and let's fight each other. Yeah. This is the right time, right? <laughs> the animals are taking us over. Might as well take some more humans out, too. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah. So, eventually, after this war, the humans actually get a message from outer space saying, Hey, you're all going to die, but we have an out for you. 5,000 children need to be sent to these extraction points, yes. and we'll take them to a new planet. Good luck. <laughs> 5,000 space pods arrive, and in them is a biometric bracelet yeah. or gauntlet. Um, it looks real cool. It's like just like this purple, like, I don't know. It looks like a little, like a seed pod. It does look like a little, like, roly polies on your arm, uh -huh. if you will. Um, but there's an eerie message in each pod and a timer. And the message, which was translated from, like, an alien language, is like, humans, you face extinction. You will suffer a new attack from nature. This time, it will be definite. You will not survive. Uh, we offer you a way out. 5,000 rescue bracelets for 5,000 children. The rescue will take place at nine designated extraction beacons. When you when the countdown reaches zero, got a good destiny. So that's the message. Yep. And you put the bracelet on children. Are you going to take it yourself? Yep. That's the <laughs> dilemma you have to go through. So there's nine beacons at these nine megalopolis <laughs> cities that the humans have made around. So each continent has like one or two. Right. And you have to take. So each child can travel to these extraction spots with one companion. So it's either, you know, a child will travel with the parent, and basically you're gonna send them off to a new planet. Yep. Uh, but we take spots. Uh, the story actually starts kicking off. It gives you a whole debriefing in the present year of 2084, and we are at five eh. <laughs> We are at five days before extraction, and that's where we meet our first characters. Yeah. So our first characters that we get. We've got Simon. Simon is basically this old man. Oh, um, he seems like a sweet baby angel. Um, and so you can tell just by like the way the character looks that he's been through a lot. Like he's he's seen it all. He is basically the transport for um, I guess I would. It's not really the Midwest, but it's kind of the northern Midwest. Yeah. It's about this. And throw in there, this comic book has a map. Yes, it like has a map like at the end. Like it's freaking Skyrim. Yeah, I was like, this is so cool. I love maps, especially in books and stuff like that. It really helps you to understand what the tone is for the book. Uh, so Simon, he just, when you pay attention to him, when you look at him on the page, you can see that he's gone through a lot, and you can tell that he knows the lay of the land. He has lived enough to know what the heck is going on on this land. I mean, the first, it sets the tone because he's like, the first panel, the first comic is he's smoking a cigarette and like staring out the window and pretty much reflecting on like everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, it's indicated that, I mean, he's an old man, so that he has family members who passed away. Right. Um, he, but just generally, he has like, you know, big beard, 
super cool look with yellow coats. Mm-hmm. Um, he has these glasses or goggles that are just like red frames uh-huh. and like the big yellow like glasses in them. Uh, red gloves and red scope rifle. So they like did a really good job of just making him like pop. Yes. Like his character, like I'm like, this looks really techy and like futuristic. Yeah. He rocks a cowboy hat. And like I said, he knows how to handle the current environment. Yep. So he's been living through the whole 2050 to 2084. Oh, he's wow. endured. <laughs> so he's a survivor. Yeah. Um, and they just did a really great job with making him look really cool and standing out. And he really sets the tone for the comic book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anything else on? Oh, his role is, yeah, like you said, he's driving the transport bus to one of the extraction beacon sites. Yes. And you pointed out that he's basically picking up the poor people. Yeah. So he, there is a, it's called Enduro Villages, and it's basically these people who are poor. And I was just like, leave it up to uh, humans to still have some type of class system. They're Enduro, which is like people who endure exactly i didn't get that until you pointed out i was like oh okay and i was like this is not they're like if you're on the outskirts and enduro villages we will pick you up don't Uh worry don't worry we got a sack lunch number for you too (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that one was rough so he definitely is like picking up everyone and transporting them yes and he is transporting two of our main characters yep so our other two main characters are Hototo and Talia. So these two are siblings. Hototo is younger brother, and he has a blooming imagination. And he's around, what, 7 to 11 years old? Yeah. G- probably not 10 yet. Yeah, not 10. Yeah. I would probably lean more towards, like, 7. Yeah. Um, and so he basically wants to be a superhero, and it's just the cutest little thing. And so Talia... I think it's Tala. Uh, She is the big sister. She is there to protect him, make sure he's taken care of, and definitely keeping his um, imagination as wild as possible. Um, And the reason being is to keep his spirits up because she knows that he has to be sent off to a planet and she cannot go along with him. Yes. And the whole dynamic of that is Tala's older sister, Who and she's like not that older. She's like thirteen, no. maybe fifteen. Um, and she has this brother who has a huge imagination. He's like catching lizards, and you know there's scenes where he's playing with his action figures, and it's like they do the art where they're like actual action yeah. figures, like superheroes. Um, he dresses like a superhero. He has the cape, he has the tail, mm-hmm. utility belt, and he has the uh, bracelet on. Yeah. Um, and he has a really cool Marshall Super Cat 2000 VR helmet. Yeah, it's really which cool. It's a pretty like cool cat helmet that can basically it's like VR for the environment. Yeah. So if I was to put it on and like look at Cammy, she would probably if I had it on like samurai panda mode, she would be a samurai panda. Yeah. <laughs> it's like VR for your reality. Yes, he needs to get to the beacon, his escort is his sister, and there's a whole sad arc with Tala because their parents are their parents are dead. Basically they passed away. Yeah. And pretty much Tala's mother, their mother on her deathbed told her to feed his fantasy until the last second. So she dresses Hototo up as a superhero and tells him that he is a superhero and that his bracelet is a super transformer and that he will save the world and that he needs to travel to a new planet so that he can learn to use his new powers properly. She is a great sister pretty much is sacrificing her future for Hototo. Yeah, it just... It, it gets bleak sometimes because 
you know, as she interacts with some of their characters, they're like, oh, you know, when we get to the beacon, you can, my companion will stay with you. And she's just like, it's over. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of psych- psychological aspects of it, you know, taking care of your little brother. Right. And you're not, you're not really that much older to really take care of yourself. And so for you to have the responsibility of uh, being a parent, basically, it sucks. And it's just all this terrible things in the world happen to humanity but you still have Hototo who like represents the innocence of yeah. everything because he is just innocent yeah he, he doesn't know that he's going to a new planet to save the human race no. and his sister is hiding that aspect from and him. we hope that they're going to a new planet to save the human race because we don't know we what, don't know because these aliens are just like 5,000 kids that's yeah. all you get <laughs> that's all and, you have mission. which is crazy because it has like there's an old school sci-fi book called childhood's end and it's basically about that like aliens come down they're pretty much like we're gonna need to take some of your species with us and everything like that so crazy sci-fi combination oh yeah but we do have some side characters as well that along the way help them so we're going on this journey with them yes so we've got alice and humbo and alice is a big quiet mech suit that protects humbo that's literally it's just the character is super quiet. You don't know who or what it is. You just see this this robot esque suit yeah. roaming around. Has with like a trench Humbo. coat and a black helmet mask. Yeah, and so Humbo is a extremely smart kid. Um, he's probably about um, Tala's age. I think they're about the same age. Um, he might be a little bit older, but basically he knows an immense amount about uh, VR helmets. And, you know, he come, there's comes to a point where he helps Hototo um, fix his helmet. But Humbo has been through uh, some stuff. So to see his character kind of, I can't wait to see what else his character has to offer. It's, he is the, the techie gadget kid. Yes. I think he like, yeah, he, he could pretty much, he's like the hacker tech kid of the group mm-hmm. yeah and he has a prosthetic metal arm yep. which is like a cool like rainbow chrome color it's so like, cool I, I love the look it just all the characters have amazing looks mm-hmm. like it's it pops it's like really really good um but yes he pretty much humbo is like the go-to for like oh we need to do something while well, i'm gonna hack this like robot and try yeah. to get us the hell out of here and alice is just kind of his big bodyguard companion yeah and there's more to alice that it is revealed in issue two, but find that out yourself, please. Yeah. <laughs> but they, there are some great characters that are going to, you know, hopefully f- come into the fold with more details of everything about them. Yeah. Um, once I get my hands on issue three. Yes. And four. I promise you'll Five. get your hands on it. <laughs> but we this comic book's so good. Characters are so good. It, the fact that we only read two issues and then we're just like, I was, like, I was like, read this and then tell me if you want to do an episode on he it. He's like, yeah. hitting me over the head with him. He was like, read it, read it. And I was like, I'm trying. <laughs> but yes, next, um, along with the characters, there is a whole world of environments creatures. and creatures yeah. that are really cool. Yeah. And it just adds like layers and layers and layers to this comic book. And I'm just like, they fit so much into this. No, they did. And it doesn't feel crammed. No. Because they like, I think the cram part is like the beginning where they just tell you the whole history. Right. But boom, like you have a history, you have an environment, you have everything. And mm-hmm. it's just like, whoa, this yeah. is a world that just, it's it's awesome. Yeah. 
So the environment of We Live slowly reveals itself through encounters with new species and new dangers. Mm -hmm. um, we can start off with there are these creatures called molders, um, and they seem like they have like human bodies, but it seemed like maybe the human died. I, see, I don't know what the history totally of it. It kind of has like its own little like myth, uh, but nature consumes and made it into a zombie. So they're like kind of green flower zombies. Yeah, and it reminds me of, I don't think you've read it, but I've read The Wilds, yes. which is similar. It's basically these people turn into zombie zombies via nature. Okay. And like they basically get reconsumed into the earth. When they come out and attack, they come out the woods, and it has like this Last of Us. Remember the Last of Us mushroom zombies? Yes. My and then, least favorite. And then the zombies from like the Walking Dead style. Like, yes. Like they just look like straight zombies, but they're way more aggressive and way more like fast. Like, like it has Last of Us vibes, yes. which I was like, oh God. Yep. Um, and if you're bitten by one, of course you become infected by one. Yep. Um, and there's they ha they they give you a taste of that in this comic book as well. Sure do. Um, but I was just wondering, like, is it a pre-dead human? Like, what if a human body was in the forest and the mutated forest like consumed its body and brought it back to life? It could be like a mutated virus or bacteria, fungi that just like uses it as like a host. Yeah. Yeah. So those things look pretty scary. Yep. And it kind of, I don't know, I thought it paid a little bit of homage to uh, The Walking Dead because whenever I, like one of them gets shot, like the panel looked kind of like that. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I respect that. That's oh, yeah. great. Um, next, we have the Bengal Rippers. Yeah. Beautiful lion head hybrid species. Yeah. And so you have this like lion with the big mane. Um, but in the mane, it has like this phosphorescent tentacle lights in yes. its mane. And it's almost like it could be used like for communication you know, like the, the color changes. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of the animals have that, like uh, that are in the yeah. the backgrounds, everything like that. Like, um, but maybe they use the lights for communication. Maybe they hypnotize their prey with it. Maybe. Um, it has three sets of eyes. And one of the coolest things was it has evolved its blood to be vengeful. Um, so it, it has vengeful blood. So if the blood is spilled of one of the Bengal rippers, the pack of rippers can smell it a hundred miles away. This is scary. It's airborne. <laughs> they will come for you. <laughs> it's very cool. It's an unusual creature. Yeah. And you can actually combat this in a way with the communication with lights of hypnosis of your own. And you're giving an example of this, like whenever they run into one, they're like, all right, it's kind of like a T-Rex. Don't move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have like their own methods of like trying to like seduce it to where it doesn't attack them. Right. Um, which is really cool. So the Bengal Rippers, like right off the bat, issue one, like you, you run into one. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. Other than that, you have like, they run into a water dragon, mm -hmm. which is kind of the calmer of the creatures. Yeah. Uh, it's, it just it's float it's like in the water with a tentacle which looks really scary at first. I was like, oh shit, they're about to get messed up. Yeah. But it's just a nice kind of fox head with a dragon like body. Yeah. Very beautiful. It, yeah, it, it was really pretty. very aesthetically pleasing. And I think that scene with when they're walking through the water um, with the music that kind of oh, yeah. that hit hard. Yeah. I, I was like, all right, yeah. I, I see what you're doing now. Other than that, there's like gorilla hybrids and they mm -hmm. have like phosphorescent like wings. I guess they use those for communication as well. Probably. And as I said before, this comic book has a map. It and does. It shows you where things are taking place in the story and it shows you where different species and animals are located. So it's like, don't go to this area because you'll run into molders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very immersive world. 
like with history, a map, and you know the creatures have already adapted to yeah. what they are. Other than that, lying around is the Hopper mech suits, mm-hmm. and they're sort of relics of the old Rumble War. Yeah. Um, so Humbo, the techie kid, finds one, and of course, he uh, lights it up. He lights it up, <laughs> and he's just like, "What up, guys? I'm in my Hopper," and this thing can like shoot off to the stratosphere. It's like a ultimate like weapon. He's yeah. just like playing with it. So that's a cool, you know, you got mech suits, you got crazy animals, you got BR helmets, you have, you know, survivalists. And then you also have like electromagnetic storms that just float around. Yeah. And it's just a lightning storm. And yep. Very, very strong. Can just, you know, I wouldn't want to be caught one. <laughs> no, not at all. But anything else to add into the creatures? Uh, no, I think that's really it. Because, man, they, they did a really good job of introducing some creatures and kind of giving a pretty good description about what they are that story is pretty good it's awesome oh man all right so let's get into q a oh man i love a good q a <laughs> so what is your favorite thing about we live so far i love the whole setup and the world that is we live yeah like I've read some comic books where they do like the fast setup, and sometimes some comic books throw you into a world and you have like no history to go by. You're just you gotta like learn as you go. Right. And this comic book has that aspect of it, but the whole history lesson in the beginning, it 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 was good. Yes. Sometimes you can mess it up, but they did it beautifully. Yeah. Because it was like a kind of like I don't want to say infomercial, but. What Simon was like watching the TV and it's like running the program that tells right. you the history of the humans. Um, but yeah, you're surrounded by so many new creatures, ideas, uh, new weapons, technology. Um, it just throws, so and it the technology like the BR helmet like throws some comic relief at you, like when something's like going down. But the Miranda Brothers have created a world that has its own history, events, genetic mutations, and characters that endured, and some who are still innocent to this new world. It has me on the edge of my seats, and I cannot wait to read. Like, I'm hooked. It's yeah, a great combo. It's, so, it's so good. I love the whole world. It's but so good. What so far is your favorite thing about We Live? Um, I definitely would have to agree with you in terms of uh, the world building. I think the world building and the character building was well done because, again, it's hit or miss in a lot of comics. Yeah. And so, with this one, you get a thorough enough you know, briefing of what has happened to the human race um, without giving away too much, but giving enough away that you understand how the story is supposed to play out um, or how it could play out. And the characters, though they have very quick interactions, they are, again, put so well together. You're just like, okay, I understand this character. I understand why this character is the way that they are. And it's just... It's great. So good. We'll, we'll say with that build up, this comic book does have some violence in it. Yes. So um, please some, go in. S- some people die, but it is like beautiful. Yes. It, it's it, it's just like you're, you're living in a survivalist world. And my second thing would be the characters as well. I had to pick between those two. Right. Characters are amazing. And just it's they're surviving. Yeah. So there is that aspect of it as well. Definitely. <laughs> so who is your favorite character? I'm going to go with the first one you see when you pick up this comic book is Simon. Good old Simon. The old man. Um, he just always seems like he knows how to handle everything that occurs. Occurs. Um, <laughs> occurs light. Uh, <laughs> he will make the tough decisions for his passengers. Um, you know, and he's 
he knows he's not going to a new planet, but he is sacrificing and working towards humankind's future. Right. Um, and he just looks aesthetically pleasing. Like his whole outfit, um, he's kind of, and he's kind of everyone's go-to grandpa yeah. when you need help or advice. He holds it down. Um, he's trans, he's transporting the Enduro society. So he's transporting the outsiders. So that's a, you know, he's taking on that role and just Simon just, I just, I just feel him. He's, he's a great character that just, I naturally, I was just like, I like you a lot. Right. You know, there's a, a comic book that's full of great characters. Mm-hmm. So I have to pick Tala. Um, and that's just because coming from me being an older sibling and half, like having to kind of grow up a little bit faster, um, seeing her kind of really be pretty darn strong, even though she's just like, bro, can you chill out, please? Can I, can I get you situated and get you taken care of? Um, so it still has that aspect of being a older sister, but you can tell that like she's grown up. So and I, part of me kind of had to go through that um, as a kid. Hototo is a handful. Yeah, Hototo is a handful. And my brother was a handful. <laughs> well, we can talk about the next question about your brother. <laughs> So if you're if you found a bracelet, would you put it on yourself or someone else? Uh, so I'd put it on myself mm-hmm. and not because I like screw you little kid. I'm going I just I wanna go see the new planet. Like my curious mind wants to see the new planet. Uh-huh. But I'm also afraid I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the big like you know, like when you're watching Little League baseball and there's like USA versus Mexico and Mexico has like a 11 year old who looks like a grown ass man. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I think I would show up and they'd be like, You're not a kid. Like, you're too old to be trick or treating. And I'm like, uh, What? I just boot my pants. You'd be like, Jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> I am little. You have a beard. <laughs> but I, so if I was, if I was a child and like, say, you know, I was 13 and I had like a, I was the, the baby child. So my brother would probably like give it to me anyways. And so if I had to choose between my siblings, I think my brother would choose for me and just give it to me. Uh-huh. Um, but at this state now, if I found one and I'm 30 years old, I, I'll probably find it. I'll go look at a playground and observe and just see who the little punk kid is who's picking on everyone and not pick them. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, mm. And then wait till they leave the kid alone or break up the fight and then give it to the kid who's like, you know, the nerdy kid who okay. will probably be the smart one to help society. So I would give it to someone, even though I want to see the cool new planet. That's reasonable. But you have younger siblings, so I'm interested in your answer. Yeah, so this one's really hard. Um, I love you, um, siblings. I love you so much. Um, But as an adult, (laughs) I'd send myself. You would send yourself? As an adult, I'd send myself. If you, wait, so. So if I was an adult and I found the bracelet, I'd be like, peace out. Um, I like that. See, because I think the kids need some adults. No, yeah, because you need out of the five thousand. Yeah, you need someone to be like, all right, we need some regulation and some clear cut. So you can just leave your family to die. Be like, love you guys so much. I'll carry on the name. Bye. They'd probably be like, yeah, we. You probably need to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and then if I was a kid having to pick, I'd probably pick my brother. And that's only because he's a really smart kid, and I think he would benefit from 
being sent off somewhere and like getting having a new perspective. Okay. I think as as we were growing up, he didn't <laughs> he didn't have that, so he kind of like yeah. hold himself in and just kind of so yeah. Can we put these bracelets on puppies? <laughs> Why would you send your puppy? My dog. I would be so sad. But then, but my good girl. What's the dog gonna do out there? <laughs> yes, I. I think both of us agree. <laughs> we want to see the new planet. That's yeah. my curiosity. Yeah. I want to see the new planet. Who knows? Maybe the five thousand children are going and being made into human meat. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the one thing I'm like kind of scared because I'm just like, ah, well, are we seeing sent our death? It's an aspect of like, do I want to see the world go down finally? Maybe there's going to be a humongous flood that just covers all the world. True. Or, you know, goes, it's, it's bittersweet because, right. you know, we are children of the earth and it's like, why not become part of the soil and just, you know, be part of it all. Right. Or, you know, go on because if you go on this planet trip, who knows what you're going to have to endure. Yep. Because <laughs> like, what else is out there? Yes. Like cool. It. Yeah. It's a good aspect. Yeah. So last question. Do you think we live is a glimpse into the future of mankind? It's god darn scary. And I think it's a very good parallel analogy for it for sure. Yeah. Because what was it? The great mutation was colossal hurricanes. We're already close to that. Oh, yeah. Like, if we're not colossal, we're just having way too many a year now. Yeah. You know, you have biblical floods. You know, that kind of follows with the hurricanes. Yes. We're not really at electromagnetic storms yet, but earthquakes, we've been waiting for earthquakes to happen, like, in California area for a long time. Right. Like, we, we know where the fault lines are. Yep. You know, it just, it's happening slowly, and then we're, you know, we're not going to debate here about climate change, even though me and Camille both believe in climate change. Yes. <laughs> people should read this because it could be a good thing, too, like, hey, maybe get people on board of, like, yeah, maybe we should change our ways and pay attention to Mother Earth and how the balance is of everything because we're throwing one thing off balance and the rubber band's going to snap back on us. Yep, and we're going to hit hard. This comic book makes me kind of like devilishly smile and I'm like, do it. Just do it already. I know. It's just like, please. Let's do it. But So I do believe it is a glimpse into the future if we don't start changing our ways. And I also do love that the Miranda brothers hit it on, hit it on the head with like human beings are still going to be humans yep. and we're going to have wars still fighting over the leftover territories. We're right. going to still be pushing out the poor people to like outside villages and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. What's your opinion on the? I mean, it's the same because it just if you see what's going on now based on leadership, based on how the earth is really doing and it's just... It cannot be ignored anymore. We are going to get hell if we don't figure it out. This is the internet needs to shut down. So have like YouTubers like, I don't believe in these mutant animals, man. Like, oh, boy. oh I bought a Bengal Ripper on Amazon. Oh, <laughs> man. I'd be like. The black market? Please. I'd call the aliens myself. Please take me. Please. Yes, please. Can you just send an extra band? That's another aspect. You want a bracelet. It's like, I want to get the hell off, <laughs> idiots. Like, I'm tired of y'all. It's like, I don't care the world's ending. I'll, I'll die with the earth. Yeah. But I'm just tired of you idiots. Yes, please. <laughs> yeet me into space. I don't care. But yes. Check out this comic book. It is definitely a glimpse, an analogy, a parallel to what our future could be oh, and yeah. I believe the Miranda brothers have stated that they want it to be a parallel to what could happen in our world with Mother Nature striking back but it also 
they wanted to touch on the survival aspect oh, yeah. and the enduring of the human spirit and the hum- humanity because the characters like you know Simon he's like the old man he's been through it all mm-hmm. uh, Hototo he's the innocence yeah like, he has no clue what's going on which can lead him to get in like you know like oh yeah what's this green human being in the forest oh it's a molder zombie ah! yeah <laughs> so beautiful arts at Inaki Roy keep it up yes um, Eva Eva your colors oh my god they're so beautiful yeah and you know our OG uh, David Sharp amazing yeah and Mike Martz you've been doing an editing business for a while editor in chief I'm a fan of Aftershock. I'm picking up more and more. Oh, yeah. So you'll definitely see more Aftershock titles on this podcast. Thanks for listening, y'all. Happy New Year once again. I cannot wait. We cannot wait to really start bringing so many more comics to you. And I hope you all are enjoying them and pick them up with us. Give us a shout out on social media. And we'll see you in the next episode. Yes, leave us if you have, what is it, the Apple Music? Yeah, Apple Music. Definitely leave us a uh, rate and a review, please. We would appreciate that. That would be dope. Um, IG, nerd underscore escape. Yep. Check us out. You can see some of the panels on there as well. But thank you for listening to Nerd Escape. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Jablar. And I'm your host, Cammie. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. For me doing this. Love y'all. Peace.